Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time for Odds and End Zones, a feature of the Fans First Sports Network. It's time to sweat it out. Here's your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, has Vance Joseph been fired yet? Oh, it's been 84 years. Uh, no, unfortunately. So I, let me ask you a question about that. What exactly does firing? Because I'm in the I'm in the let's fire Vance Joseph camp, right? I believe that he needs to be sent packing. When we get to our keys to the game, I will elaborate on that a little bit more. But what what is accomplished at this point by firing Vance Joseph? I, I legitimately am curious to know what, like what gets accomplished. Honestly, I don't because I think the defense is just that terrible, and I think this is more of me wanting to know why Vance Joseph was hired in the first place. Because everybody aside from whoever was in that decision and was a part of it knew that this was going to be the result. He is terrible. As a defensive coordinator, he's a terrible coach. We saw that the first time around when John Elway and Joe Ellis chose Vance Joseph over Kyle Shanahan, which is a different topic for another day. By the way, the San Francisco 49ers are what we thought they were, the best team in football, period, end of discussion, But we knew this was going to be the case when Vance Joseph was somehow chosen to be the defensive coordinator for this team. And I'm going to read off some statistics. Andrew Mason, friend of the show. Dead last in yards allowed per play, 7.0. Dead last in yards allowed per rush, 5.9. That's bad dead last in yards allowed per pass play, 7.9. That's bad. Dead last in total defense, 450.6 yards per game. What the? Dead last in scoring defense, 34.4 points per game. You have to try to be that bad. And after the way... The Broncos defense made Justin Fields look like Patrick Mahomes 
as a commenter on my story at Mile High Report on Monday said, the Broncos defense is now going to make Patrick Mahomes look like Patrick Mahomes. You didn't um you didn't make me feel better. You didn't uh assuage my concerns. You didn't give me Ooh, any, big word. <laughs> sorry. Uh you didn't give me any information that that caused me to release any of this anguish and pain that I feel over being a fan, a lifelong fan of a franchise that has turned into what in my lifetime should have always just been the Detroit Lions and the Cleveland Browns. And now you get to lump the Denver Broncos in with that. And I I asked you before we started recording, and I ask it again, is there a plan? What what could the what, could there be a plan? Is there a plan? Because I'm I we live in a a a a world of trust the process. Thank you to the Philadelphia 76ers whose process has brought them all the way to a crybaby Joel Embiid getting an MVP because he he fell a lot. Um, th- th- that's a whole other conversation, but a contender, right? A perennial contender in the East. So are we trusting? the process and if we are what is the process what's the plan is there a plan no and that ties into the next thing that i wanted to discuss how this team plays relatively well sometimes really well for a half and then flips the script and turns into a clown car in the other half. Usually they play well in the first half, clown car second half. They flipped the script against the Bears where it was clown car first half, play well second half. But the reason I bring this up is Sean Payton was asked about this by the Denver media on Monday. And this was his answer. Look, if I had the answer, we'd be able to address it immediately. it's his job to have the answer so is there a plan no i don't think there is a plan i i think it's what it's been for seven years where they're just trying to throw stuff against the wall to see if it sticks now there's just a different head coach so there is no plan that doesn't help me at all. It's an interesting quote. Some of that's a little bit of coach speak. I think we we have to be able to decipher what is and what isn't coach speak. And if I had if I had any uh, idea of how to fix it, I would have fixed it already. Kind of thing. Like that's just a bad quote, right? It's a it's a bad quote because it makes you look and sound incompetent. And perhaps, and this is just something to to kick around. Perhaps there is a way for Denver to work their way out of these issues, but it just feels it it feels wrong to still be mired in this BS. And I want to kind of go back to Vance Joseph here a little bit because, you know, the question of is there a plan? Clearly, there's not a plan. And obviously, the clown car, as you described it, isn't it's it's running on four flats. Uh, which is which is even funnier. And every time the the steering wheel gets turned, it goes instead of left. When it's turned left, it goes right. So what it doesn't really matter at this point. But I I just don't understand 
the process, right? I'm, I, I still go back to this process issue. What is the process of going into a football game against a team like the Jets, against a team like the Bears, right? Where you you go in and you're playing these garbage teams that are resoundly considered to be garbage teams. And here you are, the Denver Broncos, formerly a crown jewel of the NFL. Remember, that was something that was bantied about. I did it as well over the, the course of the offseason. Is is a, a, a clown nose a crown jewel? Because that's what really we have, we have started to witness here is the transformation of a franchise that everybody looked at as that's a pinnacle franchise. I know I understand you've got franchises that have won more Super Bowls and I understand that you have franchises that might be worth more money, but the Denver Broncos for all intents and purposes were the winningest franchise in the Pat Bolin era. Let's just call it the Pat Bolin era. The time period where Pat Bolin was the owner of the Denver Broncos through let's call it 2015. Let's just say through that. They were like the winningest franchise, not the most Super Bowls. I'm aware of that. Obviously, they had their issues. But when John Elway retired as a quarterback, he was the winningest quarterback in NFL history. When when we look back on it, that's a franchise that teams would want to play for. This is not a place, in my opinion, that players would want to go to. And it brings me to my my real problem, which is, how do you have such a bad run that a place like this becomes a, a place where even players who are in the facility don't want to be there? Because I truly believe that there are guys in that locker room right now, a large portion of them, who are looking forward to the inevitable trade that is coming that will send them somewhere else to where they don't have to be a part of this franchise. How do you get to that point and how do you fix it? Because the loss to the Jets is embarrassing. It is an embarrassment on on a, a level that I never thought I would have to deal with as a fan of this team. And now I'm sitting here just like in shock and at a loss. I totally agree with you that the loss to the Jets is embarrassing. To lose to a Nathaniel Hackett coached offense is embarrassing. The way that the Jets responded Bonded death is embarrassing. I I mean, Nathaniel Hackett gets a game ball. Did they not see what happened at the end of the first half? That their own offense? I mean, I get it. They won the game. I just thought the way that the Jets responded to this whole thing was bizarre. But that's just me. I think the goal now, and other people have mentioned it, you have to blow it up. Anyone and everyone you can get a draft pick for, you trade. I don't care who it is. That includes Pat Sertan. He's going to get you probably the biggest return of any player on the roster. And you need to replenish just completely barren cupboards. Like the way that I'm describing this is you're in a decrepit house that is falling apart. There are no doors on the cupboards. The wood is aging, cracking, and falling apart. It probably stinks. 
It has mildew on it because there's probably raindrops because the ceiling is falling apart and there's nothing to keep the elements from outside. That's the way the Denver Broncos are at this point. It's a house that's falling off of its foundation because it's so decrepit. You have to tear it down and start over. So anyone and everyone who can net a draft pick, you trade. Pat Sertan, Justin Simmons, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Garrett Bowles, anybody. Anybody. Because this isn't working. It hasn't worked for seven years. I fell into the trap of thinking this was a team that was a quarterback away. Another instance where I feel and look like an idiot because I let my orange and blue goggles get in the way. This needs to be a teardown. And the other thing that needs to happen is get rid of George Payton. Anyone who has the stank of Joe Ellis on them needs to be removed from the equation because this is entirely his doing. All of this falls on the head of Joe Ellis who should never be talked about in a positive light by anybody associated with the Denver Broncos ever again. This is on him. They could have had Kyle Shanahan. They could have had Mike Shanahan. They didn't. But that is in the past. Now you tear it down and you start over. I love it when you get worked up because uh, <laughs> it's the truth. Here's here's the other thing I'll go back to um, that I, I really don't know if if it matters at this point, but the whole, you know, in Sean Payton we trust kind of deal, right? There's always that idea of whatever Sean Payton wants. I said that a lot over the offseason, whatever Sean Payton wants, whatever he wants to do, whatever, whatever Sean Payton has in mind, that was sort of the – uh, the thought process going into it. And I suppose at this point, that is what the franchise has tied itself to. You, you've got an insane contract with a head coach who many fans, and I think the Walton Penner group also probably believed, uh, was going to come in and fix the culture and change the fortunes of the franchise immediately. And it didn't happen. It hasn't happened. I don't know if it won't happen. Uh, I'd like to think that it will happen. But there are these weird moments. I, I You go back to the hiring of Vance Joseph. That's a weird moment in Broncos sort of recent history of rehiring a guy who was terrible at his job when he was in Denver and didn't really do a great job in Arizona as the defensive coordinator. Um, I think that people just want to believe he's going to be good at something, but he's not. I, I honestly like you took a you took a, a defense that was not great. I'm not going to say they were great in 2022, especially at the end, especially of last at season. the end. But they were better than what they are right now with mostly the same players. I, and there are no big differences. And I truly believe that this defense does not believe in the system that they're running and the coach that is asking them to run it. 
They do not have faith in Vance Joseph. They do not believe that he is putting them in a position to be successful. And they go into every game feeling as if they're already behind. Now, professionally speaking, that's terrible. You're a professional. You are being paid a lot of money to play a game. You better show up to play. But mentally, I understand when you walk into a, a place of business, a, a place where you work, if you don't believe in the, in the values and the system and the process or whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing, you won't do it to 100%. You just won't. You might for a little while, but eventually you will not and you will collapse. We saw it against the Dolphins. Things didn't work. They completely gave up. We saw it against the Jets where the defense just wasn't 100% there. And now you've got a team coming in, well, up on coming up next on the schedule because you're going to Arrowhead that will absolutely obliterate you if you don't believe in what you're doing. And we still have a defense filled with players that do not believe in the system that they're running. You can tell. They don't believe in it. They don't know it very well. They don't run it very well. There's confusion. There are lapses in judgment. There is second guessing. They, this is not a team that has a defense that believes in itself. And so go ahead, go play Kansas City, but understand if you're, if you're looking for something to do on Thursday night because that's, that's a quick turnaround as well. I'm not telling you not to watch the game because I would never say that, but maybe don't um, don't pay attention to it. Watch it on mute and close your eyes. <laughs> I'll take it even a step further. It's the offense doesn't believe in the play calling either because it's so inconsistent. The thing that baffles me the most about this offense, they've scored a touchdown on the opening drive in four of the five they've played this year. And then it disappears. That's on Sean Payton. And there was a play call. There was a situation that I think exemplified the clown car offense that we saw from the Broncos. They didn't take any deep shots. Where were the deep shots? Where was Marvin Mims as a deep threat? I get it. He's made a couple of mistakes as a returner. To Peyton's credit, he keeps throwing him out there. That's the sign of a veteran coach. Let him let him get his lumps, throw him back out there. But there was a moment where the Broncos were near the 50-yard the line. Actually, I think they were on the on in Jets territory. Sauce Gardner had just left the game with an injury. The Jets secondary was already weak coming into the game. Did Sean Payton call up a deep threat to secondary? No, he did not. What did he do? He called a double reverse that led to a fumble. The one thing that's standing out to me is Sean Payton looks rusty as a head coach. You can tell that he hasn't been in the game for two years because his decision-making has not been on point. It's not the way that it was against when he was in New Orleans. But that's a moment where a veteran coach has to realize the situation. They just had their best defensive player put on the sideline. 
You already have a weak secondary. No deep shot. There were no deep shots the entire game. It looked like a Nathaniel Hackett offense. I I mean, that's the thing that baffles me about all of this. It's, it is ineptitude across the board. And you, you mentioned Marvin Mims' uh, mistakes and, and the, you know, the fumbles and things like that. Those kinds of issues are the things that pop up the most on teams that are not prepared properly. And this goes, I think, back to preparation and a desire to be successful. And, and, and it's, it's hard because we know, we know these guys are professionals. These guys are prideful. They want to win when everybody, when everybody in, in the fandom uh, world talks about tanking and you look at the idea of tanking, you can talk about it, but the players on the field aren't going to tank. That's the thing that I always sort of go back to professional athletes are competitors they are they are filled with pride. They believe in themselves. If you ever had a conversation with a professional athlete, they'll tell you how great they are and how they're the best at what they do. And their pride won't allow them to just lose on purpose. It's why the idea of tanking is always so funny to me. However, and this is where it, it becomes the the most sort of interesting aspect of what's going on here. Every single player on that field knows. They absolutely know that this team is garbage. And so it's not about tanking and it's not about having pride. It's about it's about the subconscious effort. You can tell that mentally they're beaten before they get on the field. And that one mistake, one mistake reminds them that this is a garbage team, light it on fire and kick it down the road because this is a garbage team and it doesn't matter how well they play beforehand. You mentioned how good they play in the first half and how bad they are in the second half. One little mistake pops them right back into, Oh, that's right. We suck. Maybe it's subconscious. I believe that it is, but it's, it's, it's mental. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull out a line from the natural losing is a disease. Now in that particular scene, it was seen as a joke that this psychologist is sitting there telling a team that losing is a disease. It is absolutely a disease and it has infested the Denver Broncos like bed bugs have infested Paris. I think I heard that Paris is infested with bed bugs right now, which is why I referenced that just in case you were curious as to why I would have said that. Cause I realized I said it and then have no idea if that's even a valid thing to say, but it is, it is an infestation. At Dove Valley. It is pervasive. It is covering everything that they do. And it will follow them to Kansas City and beyond. And so we're going to preview this game. We're going to... to I'm, I'm going to push us into the preview of this game now. Because I have a key to the game that I think plays off of that. And I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read what I wrote. I'm going to go verbatim because I don't want to screw it up. And here's here's what is going to show up in your article uh, for the keys to the game. And mine is this. I mean, is there really anyone who believes that even if the Broncos execute a perfect game plan, they will be able to beat the Chiefs on Thursday night? What have they done this season 
to indicate that this will be any different than every game against the Chiefs since October of 2015. I suppose if there has to be something, show some pride on defense, whether they believe in the system, which I don't believe they do, or think Vance Joseph is capable of leading the defense, which I don't believe they do, don't roll over and die like the Miami game. Fight until the end. At least then Broncos country won't feel the need to start buying paper bags to hide their identity, although some of us are already there. I I, I, I don't care if, it, if, if Sean Payton calls a perfect game on offense and the defense plays out of their mind. They do not win this game, and that sort of sets up my score prediction as well, which I will get to later. But seriously, just ha- just show me a little pride. Show me a little pride. So I don't feel the need to just completely uh, hide myself when it comes to being a fan of the Denver Broncos. I told this to Arrowhead Pride and the five questions that I do with each SB Nation site leading up to the game. You'll appreciate this. I said Andy Reid is going to be licking his lips facing Vance Joseph in this defense like he does when he's about to eat Kansas City barbecue. To see what he's going to be able to do against this defense, he's going to want some of those nuggies and from that State Farm commercial. Which, by the way, I have completely changed my tune on Andy Reid with just how self-abrasive and aware he is about how much he loves food and doesn't care. Like, okay, amen to you, applause to that. that that's give it awesome. To him. <laughs> For me, my key to the game, because it's the only way that they're going to win, the offense has to play a complete game. That is the only shot the Broncos have. They have to literally score a touchdown on every drive. That's the only way you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes is going to look like Patrick Mahomes against this defense. He hasn't looked like Patrick Mahomes for most of the season. At least the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. He will against this defense. So the only way... The only shot the Broncos have in Kansas City on Thursday is for the offense to play a complete complete game and score touchdowns on every drive, which they won't do. And by the way, I was also asked my best bet for an anytime touchdown. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. There's no value to it, but Travis Kelsey. Well, yeah, I mean, that's as long as he's healthy, a healthy Kelsey. Or as I, mean, I, I, I should have done, I should have said my bold prediction is he's going to get at least two touchdowns because the Broncos can't cover tight ends. I don't have never been able to. I, I don't. They know haven't ever been able to that. cover a Kansas City tight end. Well, what's what's bold about that? Two touchdowns seems absolutely reasonable to me. That that he's. Okay, absolutely... How about a George Kittle? Yeah, I mean he could have the George Kittle line three catches. He won't. It'll be way more than three catches, but three catches, three touchdowns. That sounds that sounds very feasible to me. Not just for. Travis Kelsey, but who's the other tight end that they have? I could see him just catching a couple tight tight end touchdowns as well. I, I was going to say tight ends, but I went with tight end touchdowns. That's that's always fun. No, I I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, that's a that's a good bet. I like that. I, I'm going to go place that bet here pretty soon because who cares about the value? It's sometimes it's just fun to be right, you know. <laughs> and last I looked, it was minus one seventy at DraftKings. Whatever. So there's literally no value. No, no value, and I'm still going to place the bet. I'm still going to do it just because, because why wouldn't you? Because why wouldn't you? Um, all right. Well, so I guess let's do players to watch just for fun. Um, 
We'll start on def. Let's start on defense. Players to watch. Give me a Nobody. player to watch on defense. Nobody. Just close. Give it the old uh, Helen Keller treatment. Close your eyes and and turn the TV down. Uh huh. Like, there's literally nobody to watch on this defense. Isaiah Pacheco is going to get at least 100 yards. That would be something that I would bet. That might be a prop that I do for the props sure. that I put together. I like that. Is I, Isaiah Pacheco to get 100. I was a little conservative with Brees Hall because I thought he was going to be on. He, he, he wasn't on a pitch count, but I, I went with 60 over for alternate 60-plus rushing yards. He did that in one rush. Isaiah Pacheco to get 100 rushing yards is probably going to be my prop bet because he's an angry runner, Kyle Brandt, and he's going to dump. I mean, the, the Chiefs would be stupid to not run the football. Oh, they're going to, yeah. The Broncos they'll, can't they'll stop it. No, no. They'll dominate on the ground. So that, so that'd be a, literally nobody on defense is worth watching. You know what? I'm going to give, I'm going to give a player, um, a guy who I have not mentioned. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Zach Allen. He is, for all of the bad things that have taken place on defense for the Denver Broncos, he has had a few good games. And quite frankly, against the Jets, uh, he played okay in terms of, you know, everything was so awful uh, that is there anything we can point to? Yeah, Zach Allen played all right on the defensive line. He did he did okay. He, he was very disruptive, um, which I think is all the more reason to be so disappointed in that uh, they didn't just allow Zach Wilson to tear them apart. They did harass him, and he was one of them. And the the way to get to Mahomes is up the middle, to get him off the spot, to, to get to him quickly, and you need a good push up front to do that. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I figured I'd mention a guy, so there it is. Uh, offense? Actually, I'll go back to the defense. Okay. I'll give credit to Nick Benito. Oh, yeah. Who ha- who's had two strong games. He had two more sacks against the Jets. They're both in the first half, but see if he can keep stringing these performances together. I don't think he needs to get multiple sacks a game. I think that's that's yes. unreasonable to expect yeah. Yeah. of any edge player. So just, just how, that continued development, especially if Baron Browning comes back, that's going to give them some young edge guys. So I'll credit Nick Benino. He'll be my player to watch on defense. Offensively, I'm going to go with Julio McLaughlin. Oh yeah, yeah. Fun. He anytime anytime he touches the ball, you inch forward on your seat because he's a game breaker. And which what's fascinating is he's kind of like a Darren Sproles esque running back for Sean Payton that he had with the Saints. That's who Julio McLaughlin kind of reminds me of and could be in Sean Payton's offense. I like that. Actually, I like that a lot. I'm a little bummed that um, I let you go first. Uh, <laughs> dang it. I wish, I wish that could have been mine. Um, you know what? I'm going to go Marvin Mims here. We, we talked about him making mistakes as a returner, but I, I would hope that Sean Payton will find a way to get him involved in the offense. Those deep, those deep shots, right? Making it apparent that while Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy may not be long for this team, Marvin Mims is someone who you can look to for the future as somebody who can have a big impact and, and make things happen for this team. He's, he's been close. They kind of went away from him. I would like to see him get uh, a few, a few deep shot targets. 
See if you can, if, if nothing else, see if you can get some pass interference calls, something like that, something to get the offense moving. Cause you're right. I, and I agree with you. They are going to have to score a touchdown on every single possession to be in this game. I don't think that's going to happen, but Marvin Mims stretching the field will give them that opportunity. Uh, I suppose. Um, all right. I, I wrote down my, and score that's, per- Oh, you got more. I, I was just going to say, can we finally get the Broncos offense to look like a Sean Payton offense? It's almost like he's hesitant. It's almost like he's holding back. And I don't know if that's because he doesn't trust Russ. If he doesn't trust the offensive line, if he doesn't trust the weapons, if he doesn't trust himself, maybe a little bit of all of that. I would like to see an authentic Sean Payton offense. Let Russ cook, let him go down the field. Let him go to the middle of the field. Let him use Marvin Mims or Jerry Judy on some deep shots. Yeah. You got I mean, nothing to lose. You're in Kansas City. You haven't beaten this team since week two of 2015, which is absurd. But here we are. But you, I mean, you make a really good point. You have nothing to lose. You're you're going into Kansas City at one and four. You're out of the playoffs already. You're in the running for the the worst team in the NFL. You you could end up with the first pick in the draft, which quite frankly at this point wouldn't be horrible. We know what's what's there. We know Collapse what's Collapse for Caleb. Exactly. But that being said, you have nothing to lose. So air it out. At least make it fun. At least make it so that it's exciting. At least make it so that as a fan I sit there and like here's what I'll tell you. When when I was at Soldier Field with my son, watching the Broncos come back and win that game. Am I, in hindsight, a little disappointed that they got it done? Maybe a little bit, yeah, because, you know, you'd be 0-5 instead of 1-4. and You'd be solidly in that uh, first pick in the draft section, right? But I was, I got wrapped up in it. I was having fun. I was enjoying it. Let it out, man. Let it fly. Make it so that we can at least have fun watching you lose. Because right now it's not even fun to watch them lose because they lose so horribly in the worst possible ways. Speaking of which, I have a score prediction that is also a bold prediction at the same time. And so I'm... Before you do that, I have to ask, do the Broncos cover or do the Chiefs? Because the current line is 10.5 at DraftKings. So that will lead into your prediction. So my score prediction is one where they do not cover... And uh, the Chiefs are going to um, do as we all suspect they are going to do. And my bold prediction is my score prediction. I have sixty-three seventeen written down on my page. Sixty-three to seventeen. I think the Broncos allow sixty-three points, which I don't know how bold that prediction is. Kind of just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> I think the difference between Andy Reid and Mike McDaniel is if it gets to that point. Patrick Mahomes won't play the fourth quarter. I agree, and I still think they end up at 63. I don't think well, they... I, I mean, they did I pull two attack of Viola. By acc- I think it's an, a whole accident that they get to 63. I'll bet they call the dogs off in the third quarter, and they still end up with 63 points. That's where I'm at. I think the Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs cover. I don't think this game will be close. I think it'll be... 34 to 16, 17, 
Let's go with 17. Sure, 17 is a good number. I mean, I picked it, so why not? Yeah, 17. Fantastic. That's two touchdowns and a field goal. Why not? That's That sounds about right for this team. To be, to be quiet. In fact, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was 24. Three touchdowns and a field goal. That I mean. What will be interesting to see if the Broncos keep the streak of scoring a touchdown on its opening drive and then disappearing. Yeah. And then poof, being gone. I, I definitely could see that. So oh, everybody take a deep breath. Everybody relax. Everybody try and stay calm. We're going to go ahead and. Uh, Take a whip around the league. I think that's the best best thing for us to do now. Take a look at the uh, uh, AFC West, which we've already done for a big portion of it. And then also uh, the rest of the league, look at some games that we think are going to be fun to watch, interesting for us all. So uh, let's, let's start with the AFC West. Um, Raiders play the Patriots. And yes. Chargers are going to get an angry Dallas Cowboys team on Monday night. Um, thoughts? There's not going to be a lot of I, – I, I, if you have Dak, they're going to stop a mud hole in the Chargers. That defense is going to be ticked off. Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, all those guys are going to be so ticked off about what happened against the 49ers. And – even Mike McCarthy is not going to be able to lose this game as he's apt to do as one of the most overrated and worst coaches in football. How does this guy keep his job? I think that's always the question. Um, and then the, obviously the Ra- Patriots and Raiders, I mean, gross, right? And then we got to, you know, hear about the tuck rule. If you, if you want to watch that game or whatever, but honestly, and I, I hate to say this, I, I think the Raiders win this game handily. Uh, this Patriots team is so bad. It is bad. And it makes you wonder how long are the Patriots going to wait on making a move to get rid of Bill Belichick. It's tough. And to me, he he probably needs to go, right? Oh yeah. I I think it's clear that they need to, to clean, clean ship and bring in somebody new. But to me, there are two teams that I think are worth keeping an eye on. To me, the best team in football is the 49ers. They should absolutely take care of the Browns. And then the Lions. Credit to Dan Campbell and the Lions for the way they're playing right now. They're one of the better teams in football. Some would argue one of the best. I think I I saw someone make the argument that they're better than the 49ers. I wouldn't go that route because you still have Jared Goff as your quarterback. But this is going to be a stiff test to go into Tampa. Tampa, I, I think, has surprised people. I, I think the issue that we saw with Tampa was Tom Brady, because Baker Mayfield has played incredibly well. So those – and then how do the Bills react to a surprising loss to the Jaguars at Tottenham Stadium in London? I mean, they're playing the Giants. Daniel Jones is probably not – He's, I think he's day-to-day. He's got a neck, right? Something's wrong with his neck. Which is fitting because he looks like Bert and he's got a giant neck. So there's a lot to injure a kid. It's like a giraffe. But to me, those are the two teams to keep an eye on. 49ers, Lions, Eagles should take care of the Jets. They're not going to be giving a game ball to Nathaniel Hackett after Sunday's game. That's for sure. God, I hope not. That was so gross. Any, I don't even want to go back to that. 
you know, there is a game I'm going to be paying attention to, and I think we we probably are all going to pay attention to it, and that's Vikings Bears, with Justin Jefferson being put on IR, and a lot of sort of just just ideas about what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins. The Vikings look like they might be poised to, and again, I know I talked about tanking being something that is sort of silly, but they look like a team that's poised to sell. And uh, they're going to be going into Soldier Field to play the Bears, who are bad. Uh, Two bad teams equal a pretty fun pillow fight. We've seen that before. So that might be a fun game to watch. And again, that has draft position implications that could affect the Denver Broncos. We know that the Broncos are more than likely going to walk away with a loss. So, you know, if if you're paying attention to draft position, that's a game to pay attention to. And then the Dolphins and Panthers, the Dolphins are more than likely going to handle the Panthers in a way that is maybe akin to what they did to the Broncos. So you, you got to pay attention to some of those draft position conversations because they are going to impact the future of the Broncos. <laughs>